This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. Uh, a little bit sad today. Uh, Christina is uh, off for a year traveling. That's pretty exciting for her. Yeah, but it sucks for us. <laughs> now it's just two dudes. We got a lot less cool when she left. We did, but uh, we're still going to have a lot of fun doing this program. We're going to be chatting with uh, Bradley uh, Bennett over at Mobile Syrup about uh, Amazon Prime Video's new channel offerings. They're basically taking a shot across the bow of cable TV. I like it. Yeah, it's it's amazing, actually, and it's going to change what I'm doing because right now I have cable TV. The only reason is because there are certain channels that my wife likes to watch. They're available on Amazon Prime Video now. This is an exciting time for you. It is. I'm going to save, honestly, $100 a month. That's $1,200 a year. $1,200 a year. What would you do with that extra money? Well, I'm going to buy all these new subscriptions and spend even more money. (laughs) I think I'm saving money, but uh, I'm not. Uh, We'll also be uh, chatting a lot about the Apple uh, World Development Developer Conference. Lots of new Apple uh, announcements. Uh, We'll be covering new ones for the iPad and also... Uh, the iPhone. They're updating a bunch of features in the new iOS uh, 13. Uh, some interesting stuff, though, that came out of there. Apple single user logon. Explain yes. this to the listeners. So you've probably seen this in the past where it's, you know, sign in with Facebook, sign in with Google. Yes. And a lot of people look at it because they look at having to punch in their email address, coming up with a password and having to remember that password. And they're like, I never want to do that again. So they'll use their Facebook or Google yes. username. And, and, and do you know what gets sent across when you do that? All your location and website history, and they're tracking you. Everything. Everything. Right? So yeah. That's why I don't like doing it. And, and this is the thing, is Facebook then uses that to build a profile to advertise to you with. So does Google. And so Apple has almost become a privacy-as-a-service company at this point, basically doing everything that they can to stand between themselves and your information. They don't want it. Right? They sell phones at a premium. They sell computers at a premium. They sell services at a premium. And what you get when you pay for that extra stuff Privacy? is privacy. Privacy. Yes. Right? This, this, they are the last bastion of privacy. So how's this going to work? Just on Apple devices? No, it doesn't work just on Apple devices. All you need is an Apple ID, which anyone can get for free at any time. Congratulations, rest of the world. Apple is standing up for you as well. And so other websites will now start incorporating this? They will. And, and develop, Apple's making it incredibly easy for developers to do this. It's a very, very simple thing. It's just as simple as implementing it with Google or Facebook. So there's no reason for them not to. And the best thing about this is um, you can, when you sign up, have your name and email submitted to the website should you want that. Or you can say, no, don't submit that information. I would like you to anonymize me. And Apple will create a one-time use email, which will be used with this website anytime they want to communicate with you. Yeah. Now, that website can send email to you through that anonymized address, but they, they, they will never have it. And if you want to, you can burn that address at any time. Is that another email address I have to know? Nope. It actually connects directly through to your Apple ID address. So all of this happens on the back end. All you have to do is just say, hide my email address, and they will hide it from those people, allowing you the communication if you want, but also giving you the ability to say, you know what? I am done with the amount of emails that you send to me, company. Never send me an email again with one click of a button. This is huge. We're talking about the latest uh, app news here on the App Show. Uh, Apple also uh, improving their Apple Maps. I know a lot of people complain about Apple Maps. They have a new feature coming out called Look Around. Yes, and you know it's one of those things where everyone's going to say, well, Google did it first. Of course they did. And uh, Google calls their Street View. 
Yes. It's, it's good. It's decent. And so I have actually seen both Google and Apple here in town uh, with cars. I saw the Google Street View backpack the other day. There's a young lady walking down Hastings Street with a large pole above her head with cameras all around it. So basically, that's what they do. They walk around and they drive around with these cars and cameras, and they're creating a 3D virtual reality version of the world, which you can drop yourself into at any time. Photo, photorealistic. Photorealistic. Yeah. You can basically drop a pin on a map, look around in that space. This is really, really great if you're looking to get to an appointment and you have no idea where the doctor's or dentist's office door is. Because uh, you know that it can be like the address is here, but the door is half a block down the way. Totally. You can find that. So this is a really cool feature. I'm glad Apple is catching up. By no means is this innovative, but it's definitely table stakes. And they're actually doing some really great work with maps in Canada. So good for them. Another interesting uh, story we're following. Russia is uh, going to require Tinder to hand over user data. And this is kind of a, a concerning thing, uh, you know, especially when governments start getting their hands into companies and people's private uh, information. Uh, they basically now under law, uh, Tinder would have to provide authorities uh, and the intelligence uh, service user data when asked uh, to do so. So uh, Tinder and many other companies have to actually uh, store at least six months of uh, user data at any one time and give it up whenever they ask. The more I hear about Russia, the more it's starting to sound like it's the Soviet Union again. I have no idea why anyone would want to do business. With Isn't that people. weird? Isn't yeah. that? Yeah. It's like you want Tinder data? I can understand, like, maybe if we're looking at financial crimes, maybe you go talk to the bank, but you want to see who someone is dating? Really, Russia? You've got nothing better to do? Well, you know what concerns me about it is uh, they haven't got a great history with uh, the gay community. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what, what do you think they're going to do with Tinder? They're going to look in and see, you know, what people are doing, who they're dating, what their sexual orientation is. It's awful. Like, why, why do they care? Seriously, Pierre Elliott Trudeau had it absolutely right. The nation has no business in the bedrooms of its people. Russia, swipe left. Yeah, you better be careful not to go to Russia. I'm not going to Russia. No, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna track you down. We have a lot more to talk about when we come back from the break. You'll have to listen to this because if you are a cable TV subscriber now, there is uh, a new service from Amazon, Amazon Prime Video Channels, and you can basically pick your channels. And they've got a cool one from Chorus called Stack TV that's got channels like Global, W Network, Slice, History Channel, Teletoon, all for $12.99 a month. We'll tell you about that and how that's going to impact uh, your content going forward. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike Eggerbo here in studio. Well, the landscape of television uh, as we have seen it over the past few years is changing. And I think uh, another shot across the bow of traditional cable has happened this past week. Uh, Amazon and Chorus uh, have uh, announced uh, that uh, Chorus has got their new Stack TV, which will be available in the Amazon Prime Video app. The uh, app uh, is pretty interesting because uh, the course package offers a number of their uh, TV channels. To help us uh, wade through all of this, we've got our uh, expert, Bradley Bennett from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us, Bradley. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I think I'm uh, one of the, the few old people that uh, still have, or may, many of the old people, sorry, that still have uh, cable television, but uh, this new announcement uh, might get me to switch. Explain to the listeners uh, what's included with Stack TV. Sure. So Stack TV is part is one of, I believe, 13 new channels that are sort of part of Amazon Prime Video. So I'm actually going to step back a bit. 
Prime Video is Amazon's streaming service competitor to Netflix. So essentially it offers Prime Originals, um, content from other other providers in a very similar to Netflix uh, package. But now they've had this in the States for a while, but they've finally brought it to Canada. They're adding what they're calling channels. So you can sign up for channels and Stack TV is one of them, which is the course one, the Canadian angle. But there are other ones like MGM or Love Nature, where MGM being movies, Love Nature being uh, nature shows, Nickelodeon, like the kids channel. All of those are offered for um, varying prices that you can pay on top of the monthly Prime video subscription rate. And they'll allow you to access content from a variety of channels. So speaking of Stack TV or sticking with Stack TV, um, you're getting access to content from Adult Swim, The Food Network, Global, HGTV, History, uh, National Geographic, Slice, Teletoon, Treehouse, W Network, YTV, and I believe there are a few others, but you're sort of getting all of those for uh, $12.99 a month instead of whatever you would pay at traditional cable. Um, I haven't dived too deep into it. I'm sure it's probably a pretty comparable rate. I know a lot of these channels are comparable to like what they would cost on cable or what they would cost on their own streaming networks. Um, but yeah, essentially this is a way to unbundle your, unbundle yourself from Bell or Rogers or Telus or whoever is offering you cable or satellite and saying, okay, I don't want all of these huge cable package. I just want these select channels. Now you can buy them through Amazon for what should be maybe a lower price and definitely no contract. Um, just kind of giving you more, more options to get TV and, uh, you know, get it digitally. It's interesting. Uh, Amazon prime video. Uh, I guess most people that have Amazon prime and so many people do, <clears throat> a lot of them don't even realize that they have access to Amazon prime video. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think that's, uh, uh, definitely very like fair assessment. And there's all people that I know that have prime just use it for the shipping and don't watch Prime Video. Um, but it is, I think it's like worth checking out now, especially with this channel thing. Um, and all of these channels you can get, I think there's a one-month free trial. Not on all of them, on most of them, sorry. Um, so you can sort of test it out and see like, oh, it's maybe, you know, uh, Survivor's on or something, and you want to just watch it. And I think the only show you want to watch, maybe getting Stack TV for a few months and then canceling it after those few months instead of having to get, the big package from Bell Rogers Telus um, gives you a little bit more choice and flexibility with your TV package, I guess. I, I find it interesting. Uh, I still have TV. I, I want to get rid of it because I just watch things like Netflix and, and streaming channels now, but my wife has made me keep the TV packages because she loves the W Network and Slice. And now having this these two channels in that package for just twelve ninety nine a month. Uh, this could actually save uh, a lot of money in in our household. But it's kind of an interesting move from Chorus uh, as well. I think they're, uh, you know, in, I'll get your thoughts on this too. They're recognizing that uh, uh, they might be losing a few customers uh, like myself, uh, you know, from the the TV cable worlds, uh, but they could potentially be picking up a lot of these cord cutters or cord nevers uh, that don't have TV. No, I, I definitely agree. Like as um, I don't, I guess kind of like as a cord never, I guess as you describe it. Um, there's like no point in the future where I see myself getting cable or satellite just because you know I know that these streaming services are out there and I know it's like a very comparable price and a lot a lot less of a commitment um, and like just a lot easier to install and the ability to get it on multiple devices. You know, having Amazon Prime on my phone and my TV and my computer as opposed to just you know, having to pay a crazy amount for night TV from Rogers for the same sort of service. 
um, just makes it a much more sort of intriguing offer. And yeah, I think, you know, these channels offer like great shows and stuff. Not that, like, it's not like Netflix's content is always better than HGTV because they're two very different things and they can't both be the same. But HGTV up until now, at least in Canada, was a lot harder to get. And I think this will make it a lot more appealing for a lot of people to, to leave uh, traditional cable. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, because in the, in the States, both YouTube and Apple are doing the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see if those come over as well and if competition really starts heating up that way. I, I kind of laugh about it as well because, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about the high cost of, you know, cable TV packages. But, you know, in fact, they're, they're actually pretty competitive when you look at how many channels uh, you get, depending on what bundle you have. But I, I'm seeing now, though, uh, you know, and with the Stack TV especially, you uh, the subscriptions are really starting to add up. You know, I've got like Netflix and I've got things like Spotify and Apple Music. I'm going to get the Stack TV. Uh, it's it's getting up into the cable TV package pricing, if not more. Yeah, no, that's actually, yeah. Um, we've been calling it the subscription fatigue for a while. And it, it's definitely something that's become very real. Like, um, I know some people are lucky. You can get on like, you know, family plans and sort of spread it out with your family members. And so everyone's paying for a little bit of everything. Uh, that's like kind of how my family ends up working it out. But like for most people, yeah, paying for Netflix, Prime, uh, Spotify, obviously is like maybe the main three, but then maybe you got Crave TV and then add on on that one so you can get HBO and then maybe you've added Stack TV to Prime and maybe, oh, you're like really into Cobra Kai and so you want to get YouTube TV um, or even on like the video game side, there are tons of like subscriptions now with like Xbox Game Pass. We could pay like eleven ninety nine a month or something to get sort of unlimited access to a uh, couple hundred video games, and like all of those things add up to be yeah very comparable to cable TV. Um, it's it's something that I guess was sort of promised us to be cheaper, but if you're paying for everything and you want to get all the content, it's become it's become definitely a lot more expensive, or it's getting there at least. Well, let's talk to the listeners about how they can actually access this. So if you are an Amazon Prime member, you do have access to the Amazon Prime uh, video service. And, and it's a, basically an app. Uh, you can get it on your smartphone and tablet, whether you're using an iPhone or Android. But it's also available on smart TV platforms uh, as well. If you've got a Roku TV or one of their little Roku boxes, uh, there is an Amazon Prime video app there. And uh, I believe with Apple TV, they have the Amazon Prime video app as well don't they Bradley yeah I think I think that Google's like Android TV is the only operating system not to have it but I believe that I wrote a story a few months ago about sort of Google and Amazon ironing out their issues and sort of playing nice with each other so the app will probably come to Android TV in the future but you know I think you'd agree the vast majority of people out there uh, probably have some sort of device that can access it yeah for sure I mean uh, any smartphone you know laptops computers Roku's, which are like a fairly uh, cheap option too, um, and like a solid option as well. I'm a big fan of Roku's, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways that you can get it. Um, I did notice the other day though that if you want to sign up for channels, you can't do it on an iPhone. You have to use um, any of the other platforms. I'm assuming probably not on Apple TV either, just because Apple. Um, I'm assuming this is all assumption here, but I'm assuming. Amazon doesn't want to pay Apple sort of like 30% cut for making <laughs> for doing sales through their stores, yeah. um, which I know a lot of apps do. But yeah, you can sign up for them pretty much anywhere um, except for iPhones. Obviously, this is the future. Uh, we're going to see many more um, 
broadcasters uh, and and content holders uh, start creating their own, I guess, channels? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I think so. I mean, sort of Bell's Crave TV already kind of has this too in sort of a different way where you can buy the HBO add-on and the Stars add-on. Um, you know, and Stars is part of um, Amazon's channel thing too, and they both cost the same. So it's kind of like, oh, maybe if I don't have Prime but I have Crave, that's the option to go. Um, and I could really see, you know, I don't know the licensing agreements here and if like these channels that are part of Amazon are locked in with Amazon for a few years or if like they're open to deal with Apple and Bell and all of the other streaming services that are coming out. Um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see. I'm kind of hoping there'll be some sort of free reign where you can be like, okay, I pay for Prime, I'll buy my channel through Prime. And it's like, oh no, but I want HBO, so then I have to get Crave as well. And the prices add up that way for a lot of things that I don't want, which is kind of like what cable is to my eyes. You know, a few channels that I want bundled in with 30 other channels that I'll never watch or will watch very rarely. What is um, o- what is old is new again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it kind of is going down that road and just sort of repackaged it and sort of hit it. Um, but like I'm still holding out hope that somebody like you know this is going to to work out and like be a. I'm hesitant to say an economical like option, but I I guess that's kind of where I'm leaning and kind of what I'm hoping for. You know, I just like want a nice easy way to buy the content that I want. I don't mind paying for it but I only want to pay for what I want. I don't want to pay for all of the extras and add-ons and things that I don't need. We're talking with Bradley Bennett from mobilesyrup.com, a fantastic website for all your mobile needs, news, tips, and tricks. Thanks for joining us, Bradley. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, And have a good day. Yeah, you too. When we come back from the break, we've got so much more to talk about. We've got our Hot 5 app countdown, and uh, we'll also be chatting about the big Apple announcement this week, a new $10,000 computer. Do you want one? Well, we'll give you the details on that. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. It's that time. The Weekly App Hot 5. Yes, this week, uh, the Weekly App Hot 5 is the hot new 5 Android apps. Uh, so many Android users uh, out there, and uh, here's some cool new ones. And we'll start uh, with number one, John. What do you What do you got? We got Daywise. It's scheduling notifications. Are you tired of repeatedly getting unwanted notifications? This happens most of the time, and we all know how time wasting unwanted notifications can be. So, Daywise is an app that helps you provide a solution for such a problem. Uh, The key feature of the app is that it lets you see the notifications for the important apps only, so you can sort of filter. These apps can be categorized uh, in various ways. You know, you can have your messaging apps, your phone calls, your calendar events, emails, etc. While other apps are put in the category of batched, which may include shopping apps, games, gallery, etc., these batched apps show up only uh, four times a day, and their time can be easily scheduled. So basically, you can sort of like, I want to deal with my shopping stuff at four o'clock. Very cool. Number two on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking about the Hot 5 new Android apps. Scram, what do we have? This is Wi-Fi Man. Wi-Fi Man is a really cool app because it's for your Wi-Fi network. Uh, So this connects up to your router and it'll scan all of the Wi-Fi in the area to see if you are on the best channel possible. I think we've all been in that situation where you've had some Wi-Fi collision on different frequencies, so it'll it'll take a look at that. It'll also take a look at all of the devices that are connected to your Wi-Fi network. So if you do have a neighbor for example, who has managed to get onto your network because you gave them the password at a barbecue once and they've been now streaming high-quality Netflix. Now you know who they are. Or downloading a lot of stuff that shouldn't be. Right? And uh, the last thing that it will do is it will let you test the Wi-Fi speed of your network as well so you can see if you're getting the optimal speed. And if not, you can perhaps opt for a new Wi-Fi mesh network, perhaps. Very cool. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown, 
I love this one. It's called Apps Free. Well, obviously there's lots of free apps. There's a lot of ones that you have to pay for as well. And those are usually premium cool apps. Well, Apps Free helps you discover all the paid apps which are temporarily available for free on the Google Play Store. The app has a clean interface and super easy to use. There's an option of filtering the apps by minimum downloads and ratings, including sorting by categories like action, puzzle, racing, you get the drift. You can also type in certain keywords or developer's name in order to find the apps. And you're also notified when popular apps go on sale and the list gets updated constantly. The app does have ads inside, but uh, it's got a clever way of handling them. You can actually even disable ads for 24 hours by watching a 30 second video. But I love the, the idea that it'll actually notify you when there are some free versions of paid apps that you might like. Nice. Uh, next on our list, number four, John, what do we have? We've got Firefox Send. Now, this app is still sort of a work in progress, but essentially it allows you to send uh, completely encrypted and free uh, files to your friends directly from this app uh, up to two and a half gigs. And so basically it lets you share these files and you can sign up for a free account that allows you to sort of like organize them and you can fill it up and then you can send that link to your friends. And uh, it gives the option to set an f- expiry date on those links as well. Ooh, so Firefox, do you have to have Firefox, I imagine? No, it's a, no. it's a standalone app that's using the Firefox encryption protocols. Ah, so I can send how big? Two and a half gigs. Two and a half gigs. Oh my God. That is game changing. Yeah, that's like a couple of movies. Yeah, easy. That's there's a lot of gigs. Yeah, there's a lot of times when I want to send a big file uh, and I just want an easy way. What's some of the, I mean, you could use Dropbox and things like this, but this sounds super easy. Super easy. Yeah. Very cool. And the number five Hot 5 app this week, and we're talking about uh, Hot 5 new Android apps, Graham. This is creative, and it's creative in all caps because that's how you've got to do it nowadays. Customization is big on Android. So this is an app that lets you customize things in a fun way. It comes with a bunch of different wallpapers, an image editor, uh, ringtones, uh, home screen setups. So basically you can see how other users have set up their, their home screen on Android and hit one button to replicate that. That's cool. Yeah, right? And the last one's kind of a neat thing. It's a bit niche, but they call it frames. And the idea here is that you can take a screenshot on your Android and then put the frame of your phone around it so it looks like you've actually taken a picture of the phone itself. It's kind of cool. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you get like a high score in a game and you want to share it on social media instead of just sharing, sharing the screenshot, you now have something that's kind of cool and sexy. And that is that app is called Creative. And so the frame you put around it, is it like just a generic smartphone frame? You can choose from a list of smartphones and hopefully yours is in there. Ah, very clever. Whenever people share screenshots, they always seem to have like 4% battery left. Right? (laughs) Charge your darn batteries, people. We still have a lot more to talk about here on the program today. When we come back from the break, we'll uh, be covering some of the news from the Apple World Developer Conference. Hope I'm saying that right. And uh, some exciting updates to uh, the iPad OS and iOS. So if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, you'll want to stay tuned. And of course, at the end of the program, we'll uh, be covering our favorite game and travel apps of the week. Listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. We're back with the App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio. Let's talk uh, about the Apple World Developers Conference, uh, Graham. Uh, they made a bunch of announcements as far as updates to iOS, uh, Mac OS, and now they've split off iOS for iPads and call it iPad OS. iPad OS, yeah. Is that a little crazy? I think it's a great idea. Yeah? I mean, when you think about it, when the iPad was first launched, it literally was just a blown up iPhone. People complained about that. They didn't realize that that was actually the recipe for success. Do you remember, like, if you had an iPhone app on the iPad, you could actually hit a little button and 
zoom zoom it out. It like it was just small. Yeah, yes. it was just small on the screen. It didn't take up the entire screen, and you could hit a, a zoom button. And I still have a few apps that do that, where they only have the iPhone app. So on my you know beautiful iPad Pro that cost fifteen hundred dollars, I end up with this ridiculous either middle of the screen experience or this kind of like janky, you know. But for the most part, a lot of uh, users or a lot of developers are actually using uh, Xcode to create full iPad versions. It's actually really, really easy to do. The challenge, though, for Apple, I think, is that as they are advancing the software on the iPhone and they're advancing the software on the iPad, they're restricted in releasing features for each of these devices until they have something ready to go for both. So if they update the iPhone, they have to update the iPad because they have to be running the same Same operating system. system. So being able to advance these things separately is good. It also lets them uh, fork development a little bit and focus on creating features that are iPad specific without bloating the software that goes into the iPhone and vice versa. Let's talk about some of the new features that'll be coming up in uh, the next iPad operating system. Uh, It looks like they're trying to make them more, I guess, work friendly. Because right now, I think a lot of people still use iPads as consumption devices, watching movies and surfing the web, doing, you know, some email maybe. Uh, But, you know, as a full productivity, Microsoft Office kind of thing, not as many people. And the reason is that on our computers, we're used to being able to open up different windows. And even in the same program, like mail, email, you can have a few emails up on the screen at the same time. And we're seeing that now with uh, some of the new features. Yeah, so the side-by-side feature in iPadOS, pardon me, is quite handy. And I've used that before where you can swipe over, right? So you can have an app sort of hiding off to the side and you swipe in. It's great for like copying and pasting information, referencing information. being able to put two full iPad windows side by side in the iPad Pro 13 inch is actually, it's fantastic, right? Like it's really, really easy to easy Yeah, to but on one that. complaint I had, like I always wished I could put two emails up at the same time. And that's actually something that we're starting to get, yes. right? Being able to have two Word documents, two emails. So they've heard their user base here and that's really great. One interesting feature, I don't know if you heard about this, but in accessibility, they're adding the ability to use a USB or Bluetooth pointing device. And people have already verified that we now have mouse and trackpad support in iPadOS. That's a game changer right there. That is a game changer. (laughs) Because I love when I travel taking my iPad. But if I know that I have to do any work, especially with a spreadsheet, I I bring my laptop as well. Yeah. So you're saying that it looks like there's mouse support built there, in. There's mouse support built in. It's under accessibility. So a lot of people who are using the Microsoft Surface products right now, because it is running an almost full version of Windows, yeah. you know, that's kind of the key thing for them is I've got basically a desktop class operating system. And a couple of things mean desktop class for them. One is desktop class browsing, Yeah. right? So you've got the full version of Internet uh, Explorer Edge, or pardon me, uh, Microsoft Edge on uh, Surface. You've got Chrome. Well, Safari on iPadOS is now desktop class browsing where you'll actually get the desktop site on there and you don't have to go request it. It actually will process it properly. Um, you know, for people like me who use Squarespace as uh, one of their uh, web editors and web developing platforms, uh, it doesn't work well on iPad right now. With iPadOS, it does. So desktop class browsing is one thing. File management is another. And so Files, Apple Files, this app that they brought out, which connects to Dropbox, it connects to Microsoft OneDrive, connects to iCloud Drive, lots of different different things, as well as the local storage on the iPad, in the past has been a little clunky. They are now bringing that column view that you would see in my macOS Finder to iPadOS. And finally, the last thing is pointing. 
and being able to have that Bluetooth or USB trackpad or mouse. So, you know, Apple famously released that commercial not too long ago where the young woman was kind of going, this young girl going around with her iPad and somebody says, nice computer. And she said, what's a computer? Well, we're kind of getting to the point now where the iPad actually does now replace that computing experience because the operating system over the course of the last nine years, that's how long the iPad's been out. That's a long time. Yeah. Has now matured into a desktop class OS. Fascinating. Uh, If I read correctly, you're going to be able to uh, put USB yes. flash drives into it? Flash drives? For storage? You can. And so the uh, the iPad Pro now has a USB-C port. Yes. So USB flash drives will plug straight into the bottom. Yeah. They've got a, a USB connector kit for older drives or older um, iPads. So I've got an iPad Pro before the USB-C. So I've got a lightning to USB connector. And so I'll be able to connect in all sorts of devices that way, especially mass storage. See, that makes it a computer now as well. It does indeed. The cool thing, and I think you were excited about this, is extending the screen. Yes, so if you've got a MacBook and you've got an iPad, you can use the iPad as a second screen. Which So there's an app called Duet that's done this for a while, but it's never really been great. Yeah, I paid 30 bucks for this app. I've, I've got my $30 worth, but it's always a bit of a, a janky, clunky experience. At first, you had to have it plugged in through a cable, and then it would do it over Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, whatnot. Um, this is actually fully wireless now between either your iMac or your MacBook yeah. or your Mac Pro, whatever it is that you've got in the way of a Mac system. It will give you that second display. But the really exciting thing for me is uh, tablet drawing mode. So you can basically be running something like Adobe Photoshop or Pixelmator and use your iPad now like a Cintiq tablet where you're basically, you see on the screen what it is that you're drawing yeah. and you're able to draw and it's actually using the processing power of your Mac with desktop class software. So it's like a... It's like a Cintiq. Yeah. So these Cintiq um, tablets from Intuos were about $3,000, right? And so a good friend of mine, Jeff Sobel, had one of these things for the longest time, and he did some of his best work on it. And as soon as the keynote was over, he said to me, well, I guess that's it. And I said, what? He said, Mac Pro plus the monitor plus the iPad. This is going to be a while to pay for. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I, I mean, that's a game changer for the stuff they're going to be able to bring to the iPad. Like you could literally get, especially the new iPad Airs, I believe, right? They've got the magnetic connector for the yeah. smart keyboard. Yes, yeah. And Apple Pencil support. Uh, bring in like a, a mouse, if you're saying that's going to yes, happen. Yeah. Uh, that is a computer right there. Yeah. So for a lot of people who've been looking in this market, this is the ultra portable that goes beyond ultra portable. Yeah, but it opens up a whole market for Apple as well because their MacBooks are $1,000 plus. Yes. And so now you'll be able to get an iPad with the keyboard uh, for under $1,000. That's going to be pretty fast. Yeah. And ultra portable. iPad Air is probably about, what, four or 500 bucks? Somewhere, I think 500 Yeah, so the yeah. whole package out the door under $1,000. I mean, you can still get your ultra cheap PCs out there for $300. Yeah. It's a very different experience. So for people who are in the Apple ecosystem, who are looking for a great media consumption device, who now also want a desktop class computer and an ultra portable, congratulations, the future is finally here. I saw another feature for uh, iOS for the iPhone. I don't know if you caught this one, audio sharing. Yes, with AirPods. Well, yeah. So this is cool if you have a friend that has an iPhone and also AirPods as well. Remember how you could share music with the old, uh, you know, headphone jack back in the day? With the Y cable? Yeah. Yes. Uh, or just share like the earbuds. 
uh, now you'll be able to actually share whatever music you're playing to uh, your friend who has AirPods as well. Yeah, so I've done th- I've done this in the past. But again, you hand one AirPod over, you set the audio to mono, so everybody, both people are hearing the same thing. Yeah. But it's kind of it's it's janky. So being able to now just tap a button and share that audio stream, so you can watch one video on Netflix, or you can listen to one playlist on Spotify, or you know, get down to your playlist on Apple Music. It's a it's a great way to do it. Uh, so, so many different features, really. Yes. But uh, I think those were some of the uh, the highlights uh, for us. When we come back from the break, it's uh, one more segment. We're going to be covering a couple more apps, a game app and a travel app. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. We are back with the app show. We've got uh, Mike Agarbo here and Graham Williams and John Beeler with me today. And uh, before we get to our travel app of the week, Graham, Game app. Do you like your bite-sized Tetris? Who doesn't like a bite-sized Tetris? So Tetris Blitz is the game that you're looking for. This is a free-to-play game. It has in-app purchases, but it gives you two minutes to play around Tetris and try to get the highest score possible. In two minutes? In two minutes. Yeah, because that's like a rabbit hole. A Tetris game, you can just go on for... And on. And, and on. on. Yeah. Like, like Since the mid-80s, we've been going on with Tetris. So this is, I think, the perfect mobile game. And so it's available for iOS. It's available for Android. Uh, and, and on iOS, it's available on iPad as well. So if you want to play some Tetris, you want to keep it short, Tetris Blitz. I want to talk about another game app yeah. for my Tesla. So there's uh, this hidden section on my new Tesla Model 3. Yes. It's old Atari games. Yep. And... One of them is one of my favorites. Remember Tempest? Yes. You sp- there was like a spinner control, and you spin this thing on the outside uh, of different portals and yes. shooting down into the, the middle of the vortex, so to speak. And so, of course, the Tesla doesn't have a spinner control, or does it? The steering wheel. What? The steering <laughs> what? wheel. The steering wheel is your controller to move the little guy around. So that's what you do when you're driving through the Massey Tunnel? <laughs> no, you can only play these games uh, when uh, you are parked, but it was freaking amazing. People, I, like I was parked uh, in a Safeway parking lot waiting for my wife, and people thought I was insane because like sitting little, in little there. Like a kid playing with the steering wheel. Yeah, like I'm a kid, you know, pretending to drive. It's, is, is that Mike Agarbo? I heard he got a new, new Tesla. I think it's kind of gone to his head. Yeah, or <laughs> some, he's, he's not right in the head. He's not quite right there. Okay, let's uh, get on to our travel app of the week. What do you have, John? Uh, this is called Flyright, uh, and it's basically touted as a simple travel platform. And what it does is it organizes all the things you need to know about your travel destination. Yeah, so things which could like, be a lot. Yeah, as we know. Yeah. Uh, so things like, you know, what visa requirements do you have to go to that city? It tells you uh, the information you need to know, links to go get it, that type of thing. Uh, any health alerts for that city? time of year things like vaccinations and things vaccinations too. mosquitoes are high so you need to be prepared for bug repellent that kind of thing um also this is really cool pdf offline downloadable uh, maps of the metro systems oh my god see that is perfect because yeah. a lot of times like i'll be in like london england or in paris and i want to use the subway but sometimes you don't have a connection yep and here you can have it right on your phone the other cool thing is it has built-in currency conversion so oh you can my just God. Perfect. see what the currency is with your local exchange and you can just punch in what you're looking for. So you go to everything right in that one. Yeah. App. Yeah. And Look. you can save your trip. So you actually have them for each city that you're going to. I love it. Again, it's called fly, right, fly, right, free, free. I wonder how they're going to get you ads ads. Good, good, <laughs> good old ads. Don't forget. You can listen to the app show and our sister show, get connected uh, through podcasting. Uh, we uh, have podcasts of both the programs available through the iTunes podcast store, I guess the podcast store now. Yeah, it's just going to be the podcast app. 
There you Come go. Come iOS 13. Uh, and your other favorite uh, places to get uh, podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Google Play. Everywhere. Yeah. Podcasts are us. want to thank Graham and John for helping put the show together. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.